<laughs> uh, welcome to our podcast. This is Tea Time with the Psychos. Our vision for this podcast is to highlight mental health issues and topics while fucking shit up and enjoying tea. I am Caitlin Keneally, a psychotherapist and licensed professional counselor by the state of Wisconsin. And I'm Elizabeth Nelson, just a psycho in training and a mental health advocate. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And welcome. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Episode six. Yes, it is. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm in heaven right now. Seriously, <laughs> we are drinking. This is my favorite tea in the whole wide world so yeah. far. Even though I, I'm not gonna quote her from last episode, but <laughs> I know that she said something about her ginger hibiscus. That is very with good. Honey, mm-hmm. but this is it. This is it. So this is blueberry hibiscus. This, if you ever have not had this, you need it now. And then number two, this is absolutely my favorite. This is number one for the, me. Okay, this is mm-hmm. number one for me as well. Um, and it's number one for me as well, so much as I have a bookshelf at home mm. that I have a few different teapots that are okay. on to decorate. And then I have this wooden box, and I was like, what's in this wooden box? I stored my extra blueberry hibiscus. <laughs> so it was the greatest day ever. When I found it, I was like, no shit. So then now I've been drinking it. But I was telling Caitlin earlier that I've just put this in cold water. So I have like a mm. half gallon jug so that I can dr- stay hydrated, which is like a goal of mine lately. And um, I put two bags in there. Mm. And it's so fucking good. It's yeah. blueberry water. Well, I'll have to give it a whirl. You will. So most of us love it when we find money in our pockets. But Liz stores blueberry hibiscus away and then yeah. refines it. So now <laughs> maybe my new mission when I leave here is to go home and like store it everywhere. Yes. So maybe if I rearrange something or open a drawer, today's the day. Yes. And I think it goes perfect with our topic today as well, because today we're going to be talking about investing in yourself, right? On one hand, wow, invest in myself sounds easy, but can be really, really hard to do. But maybe it could be a little bit easier if you pair it with blueberry hibiscus. Yeah, (laughs) it could be. I mean, drinking water is investing in myself. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I just think, so right I think we've talked about this more. Caitlin's a very routine person, and she's very good at those. So um, recently we got a puppy, Mm. and I've decided that people become morning people when they have children. (laughs) And so I don't have children, don't plan on having children, so maybe this puppy thing. So I've been waking up at 5 or 6 a.m. Side note, I wake up at 4.30 or 5 every day. Yes, every fucking day she does. So every morning I'm like, Caitlin's probably got her makeup on. She's drank one blueberry tea. She's on her third. Then she's going to coffee. Mm -hmm. She's become zen. Maybe she did yoga. And I honestly, she's not the only one. I get another snap from a friend every morning. And so her range is from 4.30 to 6, depending on her life. But like, good morning. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing awake? So not to get too off topic, but so I've been trying to create this routine where I journal, I feed the cats, I feed the dogs, and I have tea or coffee because it brings me joy because it's investing in me, even though it's like a weird, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think it's a delicacy, but... Well, right. So part of investing in yourself is figuring out your routine of what works for you. So just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you or somebody else. So it's really investing in that process and when I have the most amount of time. So as a psychotherapist, I what I tell people is I need to get my head right. 
Okay. And so in the morning, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting my head right through investing in myself, through my self-care, right? So when I go over the wheel, I'm hitting my emotional, my personal, sometimes my physical, right? Sometimes I'm just laying on my yoga mat. Um, but my psychological needs too, whether I'm listening to a motivational uh, speech from somebody or I'm listening to music or those different types of things. So that's really my time in the morning of me investing in myself. So then when I go out to do my job, my head's in the game yes I know (laughs) and so I've tried to focus and I know that not everything is the same but I also see value in it and so I'm still trying to tweak it because I'm not a super good morning person and like today I was late coming here Mm -hmm. and I had been up since six Right. So like what the what was I doing? Just be bopping, sitting on the couch, maybe taking a well, ten minutes. Another thing about Liz is that she is always late. Yeah. Um and I'm never late. Mm-hmm. I'm usually ten to fifteen minutes. She was ten to fifteen minutes early. She was texting me, telling me how to get in and yeah. I was like, That bitch is there and I'm not getting there until mm-hmm. eleven. No matter Same what thing. I do, I am probably ten to fifteen minutes early. Because mm-hmm. I think if you're not this is my opinion, if you're not ten to fifteen minutes early, you're late. Yeah. <laughs> But for work, I'm on time. I'm always 10 minutes early for work. Yes. Um, but that's because that pays the bills. Mm-hmm. You ain't giving me no money, girl. Oh, no. all right, all right. Fair Just enough. tea. Mm-hmm. Just tea. Just tea. Just my favorite tea. Yes. It's so good. Mm-hmm. This one I don't even like to like take out. You know how like some the, some bags I let steep oh, yeah. and take out? No, not this one. Mm-mm. It is like heaven in your mouth. Yeah, seriously. All right, so let's let's uh, keep moving forward here. Let's talk about investing in ourselves. Yep. So besides like doing routines, and we'll talk about self care. I think a little bit. Um, when I first met Caitlin, one of the I think the most rewarding comments that she had said was just about her different educational journeys that you mm-hmm. have taken and like how the thought of school and how much money like can be very stressful, especially to people who also like are very like money diligent, not saying that no one is if they don't care about this, but sometimes like that keeps people from investing in their intelligence yep. in where they're at. And so I can't remember exactly how you said it. I'm sure you'll, you may say it, but it was just like, this is the biggest, the best investment you can make is like school mm-hmm. or like getting a certificate in something or increasing your um, like ability to articulate something to then be of service to someone else or something else mm-hmm. that then you get a return in. And so that to me, I think was something that like I sat on for maybe a year and a half after I met you and like. I don't know. I just like see it as that. And so even though the student loans and this master program are racking up, I still know that the return for this Mm -hmm. is going to be much greater than even the financial, like the, the emotional things that I'm learning, the intellectual things that I'm gaining out of it, the people that I'm meeting, Mm -hmm. right? All of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Investing in yourself, no matter what it is, and as hard as it is to figure that out, is going to be your best investment. Now, how you go about that is always going to be your choice, Mm -hmm. but we can't look at, so if you want to do higher education, because you feel that that is your investment, no matter what way you spin it, you can figure it out, right? However, I totally get 
get that, like the money piece. But no matter what, are you figuring it out? Mm-hmm. Yes. Am yeah. I figuring it out? Yes. Is, are all these other people figuring it out? Yes. So that's where you really have to tap into what are my morals? What are my values? And what do I see as the best possible outcome here? What is my vision? And how am I going to get there? Yeah. And so again, the best investment you can make is in yourself. Yeah. You just have to figure out what that is. Correct, which is difficult. Yeah. So I was doing an advocacy session um, the other day and the individual was just like, I don't, there's nothing that I want to like discuss or work on or, um, because right, advocacy can technically be very broad. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, you've talked to me about like typing and wishing that you could type like super efficient. Mm -hmm. Like that's investing in yourself, I said. And I bet you we could figure out either a program Mm -hmm. that you could enroll in or I bet you technology today can provide you like at home things and resources to do and so like you know I know we've talked about and I guess I've only ever thought until recently like oh I'm investing myself with my education but it's like all those other things like learning to cook something or taking up yoga or starting that routine. Mm Absolutely. Well, and again, people get very caught up on, I need to have like this linear path. Okay. So for example, if people, and they are the minority, right? If somebody wakes up and they're like, I'm going to be a vet, right? They know what path to take pretty much, right? Maybe what specialty or those different types of things. And, and if you're good with that and you're the minority and that, then that's do you. Absolutely. That's amazing. But for the rest of us, and what I would argue, the majority were like, oh shit, right? I kind of like this. I don't know if I like this. I started with this. I'm trying this because originally when I started out my college career, I wanted to be an actress, right? (laughs) And now here I am. (laughs) Um, Right. So from my ambition of being an actress to now being a psychotherapist. Now, if you would have asked me, I I would have never told you I'm doing what I'm doing now. However, I didn't take, (laughs) I took the less uh, walked path, but every single thing has led to the next. And I wouldn't be as good as I am emotionally, mentally, you know, finance, all those things, had I not followed my passion and followed my heart. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like it, it's been rough. It has been tough. I've done this all by myself yeah. legitimately, mm-hmm. but the investment was right now it's starting to pay off. I knew the outcome was coming, but I had to grind to get it and I had to buckle down. Yes. And so like, that's where I, patience is such a huge thing and fuck my mom, right? Not literally or figuratively, but that was her term. Like patience is a virtue. You have to have this. And like, I never did. And I don't think it was until recently, like in my later Mm twenties, I can't really say early thirties because when I'm two months, three months into (laughs) it, but realize that like the patience thing is the thing that I've been missing. And so like, going back and knowing like this is you have to wait for some of these investments to pay off right Right. yep and so I think that's the hardest thing is when you're in your 20s and like we always joke and I don't know if you joke with your group of friends on this but like my group of friends from high school we joke like god we just wanted to be in our 20s like how amazing like fuck your 20s right like financially hard emotionally hard Mm -hmm. personally hard like just feeling lost at times or like where are you gonna fit in and like we just thought we wanted to be grown up right and then now it's like shifted Mm -hmm. where like I 
see value in these investments and know that, no, they're not going to pay off maybe in three months or even a year, but they are going to. Yep. Yeah. Unless there's something crazy. Like one time I thought I was going to sell stuff on um, eBay. Mm -hmm. That has not paid off. Sure. Yeah. I mean, patience and again, holding on to the sense of what is my outcome, right? How am I going to get there? Keeping that end goal in sight, right? Yeah. Because we as a culture crave instant gratification. So I totally Mm -hmm. get that. Um, In 20s too, like I was reflecting the other day and I went to go fill up gas. This sounds weird. And I was like, I remember being in college and only being able to put like $5 Mm -hmm. in, right? Because that's all you freaking had. Or going to the grocery store um and being like i have 20 dollars for the week Mm -hmm. so go to aldi's and you can only spend 20 Mm dollars and i'm like i feel so blessed and i'm trying to be more grateful for things that i don't even have to worry about that anymore but the reason i don't have to worry about those two issues is because i invested in myself and i invested in the process Mm -hmm. right um and so it's been a whirlwind since but i think that those little things all start to add up and then i do think as we get into our 30s right it just you don't care as much about the things you cared about in your 20s which I mean your brain wasn't fully developed and you were supposed to have fun and you weren't supposed to care and you know all of those things but like I have to say that 30s has definitely been so much better and I Mm -hmm. wouldn't go back to my 20s (laughs) I know that was the other conversation we were having um which brought me into like we were talking earlier about this interview process which I'll just talk shortly on but like the, the girl who I was talking to was a coworker, and she's 23, I think, right now. And she was just like, Liz, I remember counting my pennies to pay for gas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I know. I used to go to the food pantry on campus, get the staple items, and then spend the $20 at Aldi's on the shit that I couldn't get there mm-hmm. because I was trying so hard to just finish that. Um, but then we were talking about, because she wasn't, I don't know if she wanted to apply internally for this position that was posted. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you have worked here longer than I have and you have a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. Girl, apply. Like, get this for yourself. Like, you have this knowledge and you need to, like, be confident in it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're going in interviewing them. Like, don't think that they're interviewing you. Mm -hmm. You've worked here for five years. Mm -hmm. Like, they know who you are. Now you have to know how they're going to serve you. And, like those investments that I think are things that when you get older you start to realize where else you can start investing in yourself that you didn't think like even think of buying a car Mm. like my first car I don't know if I would have known what to say to a dealer right you know but then you know you have to ask and then you have to figure this stuff out and then you start investing in that because that amount of money matters or in relationships even Mm. like even your friendships like I think we drop them off but you talked about like your values morals Mm -hmm. like you get rid of people Mm -hmm. that don't invest in you because because they don't align anymore yeah yeah absolutely to the as far as career and all of that, like, I love interviewing. <laughs> and I know most people are probably cringing because this is, like, the thing that I hear all the time. Like, everybody hates interviewing. But what I love about it is that I've invested so hard and I've done so many freaking things. And it was all for a reason so that I could talk about it and s- literally let an uh, employer know how I would be an asset to their organization. So, like, yeah. what you're saying, uh, what do I bring to the table? And then what do they bring to the table? And then how do we see if this is going? 
going to work. So I take a completely different perspective on interviewing because I have that in my mentality. I can literally be like, yep, tried that, done that. And I mean, and that's why I did so many volunteer things, right? This is why I got all of my hours in in a year and four months because yeah. I was grinding. I was figuring things out. I was trying this out, doing this group. And, you know, so I knew, did it suck, right? <laughs> Who the heck wants to work 50 to 70 hours Nobody. for over two years? Mm-hmm. Um, granted, all of almost unpaid on top of having to work full time, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. But the reason was is so that I could have the outcome that I have right now, yeah. right? And now I can be focused. I don't have to worry about those other things. Mm-hmm. So that it was, did it get exhausting? Yes. Did I want it to throw in the towel? How many times? Yes. Mm-hmm. But you just don't because I'm like, all right, Caitlin, what's the end game here? Mm-hmm. And you're almost there. Yeah. And so, yes, it is the best investment. But we are also not taught how to do that. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Um, and so I think, you know, it's go- important for people to know who they are as a person, right? And that takes time. And mm-hmm. you have to invest in yourself and figure those pieces out because we haven't necessarily been taught. Like, you're good at this. You should do this. You, you, you're you going to be great at this. And then you kind of question, like, but do you really know me? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so how do you start investing in yourself? I mean, I don't have the pinpoint answer, but I would definitely say it starts by looking in the mirror and looking at your values and your morals and where you're at and are you meeting those things? Yes. And are you willing to make the changes, right? We could go over the stages of change, but the reality is is that some people see it and they want to invest in themselves, but they're so comfortable where they're at, Mm -hmm. so they're not willing to. And so I think part of that is just owning it, you know? I think people would be a lot happier if they were just like, I'm content and I don't want to make changes. Yeah. There you go. But if you're not content and you want to make changes, it starts with listening to yourself. Yeah. I would say that that's probably pretty accurate. I remember, like, if I could go back, I would be the vet, which was funny that you (laughs) did that because I've been trying to, like, evaluate my path and am I investing correctly and I'm doing the right thing. And I really, truly believe that at the end of this, I can invest in this piece where I become this psychotherapist, but then also I can have this passion Mm -hmm. for animals and I can tie them together. Have I totally figured that out yet? No. Um, but I know that there is an option, Yeah. whether I create that option because of the skill set I have or that option presents itself to me at some point if I continue to look for it and mm-hmm. make the changes or choices to give me the skills that make that then available to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember a friend saying, <laughs> I can't remember where we were, all of a sudden there was like a dog or a cat or something like on the sidewalk. I don't know if you're going for a walk. And they're like, why don't you just work with animals already? Because like the joy that it brings me, people can just see mm-hmm. the change already. Like that that's where I'm supposed to be. But I think that I had doubts or I had been told so many things before. Right. Due to like education and knowledge and different things that, oh, you weren't going to make it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, or you weren't going to do that. And so then I went along this path that now I've had to refine myself, yeah. which is a process in itself. And so you have to be willing to do that or yeah. you have to say no. Well, and your passion and your purpose have to be stronger than your excuses. Yeah. I can't reiterate <laughs> yeah. that enough. Your passion and purpose, you got to find it. What do you want? And they have to be stronger than your excuses. How would you say someone makes them stronger? <laughs> like, well, wait, let's you... talk about the excuses piece okay. first. So people, and I do the same thing, we all do, right, come up with excuses. It's too much money. 
I don't have enough time. The process is too long. I've got kids. I've got this. I've got that. Well, let me tell you that the excuses will just keep piling up until you reach a point where you're ready, if you're ready, to make effective change, which is, again hard to do. So part of that is looking at yourself in the mirror and recognizing, am I making excuses, right? Is this the world that I want to live in? Because on one hand, if that's the world you want to live in, own it, right? Don't fight it. Yeah. Because if you're not going to make the change, trust me, don't waste uh, your breath, right? (laughs) Yeah. Let your anxiety levels fall, your depression levels fall. I don't even need you in my office, right? Yeah. Um, But the truth is, is that we will come up with excuses, right? Because change is hard. Yeah. Finding yourself is hard. So your question of how do I find myself or how do you how do you make the purpose worth more than the excuses that part yeah Yeah. well I think it really comes down to finding it right what is my end game what am I sent to do here or like what am I here for right what is my purpose so mine I always knew was going to be helping people Mm -hmm. now in what capacity that was no freaking clue. Yeah. Right. So you thought maybe you were gonna bring comedy or romance. Is sure. that what you're Well, I love position? being I love being on stage. <laughs> Dude, I love presentations. I, I because of the energy that I feel and I'm I'm naturally extroverted. As I've gotten older, I've actually become a little bit more introverted, but it's definitely not the dominant trait. Um but <laughs> no. like doing plays and all of that, like the feeling that you get on stage is like no other feeling I felt before. I and I, I still haven't felt that. <laughs> specific feeling right but I love doing those things but then I was like again someone told me well you're not going to make any money right oh yeah Yeah, so I think the self-doubt crept in and then okay well you should go be a teacher right because teachers make a lot of money right and they're Uh, on stage yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know you know you just listen and so then I was uh, down my path of education and I was literally all the way to like the to the last point of where you would start Oh my God. teaching? Yeah. Oh God. And then I will never forget this day. I walked into that classroom and I was doing whatever. And I literally, this voice in my head, in my head was like, you do not want to graduate and do this for the rest of your life. Yeah. That was that voice in my head, right? And then I switched to a history major because that's what normal people do, right? <laughs> uh, history, history yeah. major and a women's studies minor, right? I took my first gendered women's studies class and it changed the trajectory of everything, right? Yeah. And then I got my first master's degree in gender and women's studies, which was seriously just the most invaluable thing that has ever happened. It opened so many doors in my head I would say was it a direct path to any job uh no yeah right (laughs) no 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 but like I had to figure that out and to me that was very empowering and liberating and helped me figure things out I mean I'm very social justice orientated and I think you know the passion that I bring to helping and advocacy really stems from that degree yeah and then I was a uh, then I was an academic advisor for two and a half years but Mm -hmm. everything I was doing was counseling yeah literally well that's what I was gonna bring up is like you doing that academic not to but like you had to talk to people every day who were either unhappy mm-hmm. or happy with their choice or different things like that. Right. And get them to like see the purpose of what they were doing, I feel like, which is like an undervalued um, job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Which as the academic advising really brought me to counseling. And I was like, I said to myself again, I don't want to just be an academic advisor, right? This voice in my head was like, you're not going to do this your whole life. I, that must have a good voice in my head. I know, right? Uh, seriously. I, I, I can start off. 
<laughs> Can we imagine who it is? Yeah. And so this voice in my head said that. And so, you know, just like a normal human, I was like, why not torture yourself? Go back to graduate school, right? Because that's yeah. freaking easy. Um, and get your master's in counseling. And since then, it has just been, I mean, it's literally been one thing after another. I wouldn't want to be where I am had I not had all of these experiences. And I didn't take a path that was A, B, C, D. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It has literally been all over the place, but it's all of those experiences, all those voices in my head that uh, seriously are like, huh, Caitlin, nope, you got to do something different, right? Or yeah. this isn't aligning with my values. Mm-hmm. And so you got to keep it moving. Yeah. And I would say that's the biggest piece that people forget. And I don't want to bring a religion because I don't feel that I'm super religious, but I am very spiritual. Mm-hmm. But like, I think... That, like, we don't just see values as, like, something that is, like, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, an overall thing that people should, like, we should have a whole high school class on finding values and their importance. (laughs) Yeah. Like, aside from religion, aside from spirituality, but just, like, knowing that, like, Mm -hmm. these are things that are important to you or morally that you have, like, you're geared towards. Mm -hmm. Because I think that people forget that that's what they should rely on when they're making life choices. Simple or very, very important. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's where people forget or lack of starting to invest in themselves and like I love vision boards because I'm a visual person but like everyone in their house freaking just have one vision board that's of morals and values that never freaking changes Mm -hmm. unless you're taking something off or putting something on but like that's not redone every year you know how like some people do vision boards every year of like things they want to accomplish within the year um, but like that stays the same mm-hmm. so that they can be reminded every day. Like, this is why I woke up to do this. This is why I'm headed mm-hmm. here. This is why I'm putting in this many hours. Right. And I think people's anxiety levels would even come down though. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. So I don't know, but I didn't think of values. So I want to say I was probably 24. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I didn't have that instinct mm-hmm. of like that person telling me like, oh, I kind of just went with it. Like if somebody gave me an idea and put it in my head, I was like, maybe I should look into it. Yeah, I think for me, for undergrad, the reason I wanted my undergraduate degree was because I knew nobody could take it away from me. I just had that mentality. And again, I mean, I'm not sure. It was just like, no one's gonna be able to take this away from you, Caitlin. So go. Yeah. And so that's what it has always kind of been. Like, and then maybe that's been my mentality for my other master's degrees. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Um, Or I just, yeah, wanted to torture myself like a normal human being does. But I do value higher education. I really do. And I just feel like where there's a will, there's a way. And that we should have access to it um, if we want it. Yes. And so I think that, like, Self-care is huge, but I think that, like, the wheel, we forget that it's not just one part of it, right? So it's not just education, even though we talked a lot about it, and it's not just, like, drinking tea or having, Mm -hmm. like, a routine that keeps you on point. It's also, like, financially, how can you invest in yourself? And, like, then family-wise or other things that are important to you. And I don't know if you have this thought, but do you think everyone's wheel can be a little different? Like they can take things off of their wheel? Absolutely. And put things yeah, on your it. wheel would be fluid. So the reason yeah. the wheel exists is to give you a structure, right? Mm-hmm. Am I meeting my psychological needs, right? Am I meeting my emotional needs, my personal needs, my physical needs, my spiritual needs, um, and my professional needs, mm-hmm. right? So that is, it, it, it's fluid. And so with that, with the whole point of learning about self-care and diving in and using the wheel, 
wheel or the assessment is so that you can assess where you're at and where you need to continue to fill your cup, right? Yeah. So right now I'm filling my professional cup, right? I probably look at my wheel and I'm like, my professional one, I'm, I'm hitting that, right? Yeah. But maybe I need to tap in a little bit more to my emotional need, right? Yeah. Or I need to get back onto my physical one. And so it's all about planting seeds and it's all fluid and where am I doing well and how can I balance it with another need? And am I fulfilling my passion, right? Am I following my professional self-care needs? Am I investing in myself? And if I'm not, let me look at that and then how can I revamp that area? But people, again, have this ideology or this thought that self-care is selfish, what is, which it is absolutely in yeah. not, is not, and that self-care that they don't have enough time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a really big reconstructuring of your thought process yeah. that investing in yourself is the best investment you can make. Well, and I think it's a it's like a reconstruction of your environment as sure. well and who you put into that environment and also what you allow yourself to be exposed to because um, I did my study abroad in Austria and we did the health and culture of Austria versus the United States. Um, and so I w- did a three credit course in Austria and we just did a lot of comparing mm-hmm. and like, right, culturally they live closer to their family members and so they have more of that support or you know they don't have 24 7 um grocery stores and so it was like we had to be structured and planned they also get fined if they don't take their five weeks of vacation Mm. right and so what do they call it their holiday yeah um (laughs) right but just imagine if you were working at a place where these things were implemented. Like, I know yep. we talk a lot about Jason's, like, job and how great they are with that. Mm-hmm. But, like, that can be plenty of places, even though we live in this American, whatever we call it, culture. Mm-hmm. But, like, allowing yourself to, like, know that your job is a lot of your life. Yeah. Um, but it also isn't all of it. I read this book. I'm not going to remember what it was. But it was about taking time, like, taking your life and splitting up to the amount of minutes mm. and seconds that you have. Yeah. And, like, how we actually do have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a lot of, lot of time. Yep. And so it's where you want to put things. Yep. But it's what you value. Yep. And understanding that you have to, like, you want to make the most of that time. Because, yes, we do have a lot. But if I spent my whole time bebopping around shopping, mm-hmm. that's not going to fill anything and everything. So, right. like, I think just changing how you view how your life should be lived can also be very... Yeah. Like life-changing. Well, and who did I just say this to? I can't remember. I was having this conversation, and it's really like, yes, it is important. I value my work ethic. I'm a hard worker. I've Mm -hmm. had to learn over the years that a lot of people don't meet my standards. No, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's been a tough lesson for me to learn because, but that's my value system, right? Mm -hmm. So my work ethic is part of my value system, and what I've had to learn is that that's not everybody's. Okay, so I've had to radically accept that, keep it moving, whatever. Um, But with that being said, uh, I forgot who I was talking to. I said to them, I think you need to realize that your job is going to survive without you. Yeah. Right? So, like, we get, like, oh, I can't take a sick day. Oh, I can't take this mental health day. Oh, but it's, like, the four walls will, or whatever, if it's a building, whatever, are going to exist. And I think that that was a big realization for me a couple years ago when I was not satisfied in a position. And I was just, like, they are going to survive without me. I will survive without them. Yeah. What do I need from this situation? And uh-huh. I needed to keep it moving. And yeah. it was fine. You know? And yes. everybody is still doing fine. And so I think that that's also another thing to recognize. And it's kind of like, oh, 
okay. But that can also be very scary for people too, especially if they haven't invested in themselves, they don't want to make changes, and they don't know what their next step is going to be. It's probably easier to stay in that frantic state, that miserable state, yeah. than it is to make the change. Mm-hmm. And I, that's funny that you say that, because I was just thinking, um, like, about being nervous. So I've worked in several jobs, right? Because that's, I've had several jobs. So when I was a teacher, I had so many people who were like lifers, right? They're Mm. teachers forever and always and going to be. And they were so worried to take that sick day Mm -hmm. because they didn't think their classroom was going to function. But I think it's because we've put so many things in everybody's head that like either you're not organized or you're not organized the way the substitute's going to need you to be or your kids are going to be fucking assholes Mm -hmm. oh well if they are like that person who's coming into sub should also know their role Mm -hmm. and understand that they're going to survive the day and if the kids don't get what they need to get they're going to keep going Mm -hmm. but the same with you know a job at cps or as an advocate or even at freaking subway Mm -hmm. like the day is going to go on maybe that person didn't get their number one like service but they're going to move on Mm -hmm. still like all of this is going to continue right yep and i don't know why we don't why or why do we start out not thinking like that's going to (laughs) happen well i think we've been conditioned right yeah that and, and again, I, guess, I think it also depends on where you put your value and you want mm-hmm. people to have a good work ethic and do all of those yeah. things. But, you know, we also need to have good boundaries. Mm-hmm. We need to know ourselves a little bit better and when to say no. And if you're sick, you should take that sick day. Yeah. But, you know, I think people are like, oh, well, I'll feel guilty. And I totally understand, yeah, right? Yeah, Especially as sure. a clinician, right? People have set appointments. They're looking for these things. And so, I mean, it recently happened. I had to have a surgery and I was sick and this client got very upset and I had to realize that they're not necessarily upset at me personally they're upset because they didn't get what they needed but it wasn't my fault like I can't do anything about that but it's also for them to recognize that I'm a human being too and Mm -hmm. it was for me I'm not going to be upset that you're upset because the truth is is that I am a human and you have to understand that I'm ethical we've never missed an appointment but I have to right now because of health reasons you know absolutely Um, but I think my you know maybe a couple years ago I would have been like oh my god they don't understand or whatever but now I took a more like uh human approach and it was like it's really not about me yeah it's absolutely yeah and but I have to do these things and so again that's a professional a personal boundary um an emotional boundary too right because Mm -hmm. taking care of your health and so it's just recognizing all of those things and you know clinicians are people too and I think maybe you've said it but I'm just gonna re-ask it what do you think is the number one thing that keeps people from investing in themselves. Do you think it's the excuses or do you think it's fear? Probably both. I mean, I think it's themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I think like the true. biggest obstacle is themselves. Yeah. And so then to peel back that next layer or however you want to think about that mm-hmm. is definitely going to be fear and excuses. And if your fear and your excuses are bigger than, you know, the drive to yeah, want to do it, then you're going to live there. Yeah. And if 
you can manage through those and if you can figure them out then you're gonna overcome that but yeah i would say those two fear excuses you know fear of the unknown and what yeah. if it, and yes you're always gonna have that and i've had that every single time right mm-hmm. i don't think you go to a history major with <laughs> ambitious hopes of a career i don't think yeah. you get your master's in gender and women's studies yeah. because you're like this is leading the nation in careers yeah. in fact what like yeah. you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Um, and now my second degree is more of a straighter outcome, but yeah. I would have never wanted what I have now had I not had those other experiences because I wouldn't be as good. Yeah. I, I really wouldn't. And it was those passions. And that's what I've always said, as a, even as an academic advisor, and I've told my nephews this, follow your passion, right? Yeah. If you follow your passion, build your resume around it. So here's my number one tip, follow your passion, Build your resume around it, and the job will happen. Yeah. Right? Because no, no matter what, right? I took the uh, <laughs> I took the jungle path, right? The path of <laughs> that nobody was on, but I always built my resume around it. Yeah. Always employed, always figuring out what that next move was going to be and how I would be an asset to them and how this job was going to help my next job. Yeah. How this internship was going to bridge that gap. How having this experience was going to help me with the next step. Mm-hmm. And so I was always very cognizant of that. It was definitely not willy-nilly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I would say to do. And uh, God, I just went, because I love bookstores, right? And I have way too many books that I have either started or um, I haven't even picked up, but that I bought. And I'm not going to remember the name, but the, that's how she's talking. Oh, it's How to Quit Your Day Job or something. Okay. Um, and so she's talking about her passions and, like, how she taught these classes because her passion was to like do this other thing and then I was talking to the my supervisor at work and she was like yeah our last um advocate here went and did her passion and is in a photography and she's having to turn people away and she lost 40 pounds like she's just she's living it right and so like just thinking like when she was like she lost 40 pounds I'm not so sure when she thought she was going to leave a stable job for her passion which was a very creative outlet that like along with it was gonna fill these other parts of her cup that invested in her did she need to leave 40 pounds i have no idea who this lady is right Right. for health reasons but that's been a positive for her Mm -hmm. absolutely and just thinking of like how if you're not doing that it can affect and affect all these other areas well right and that goes to fear excuses and comfortability right i'm comfortable with this oh no but yeah you have to be able to overcome that yeah and you have to be able to do that and figure out what works for your needs in order to do yes those things We did pick a different tea, though, for um, a night. Wow. See, this is where I was like, oh, but what happens if people with ADHD or brains that go everywhere? As Max says, I have a tree of um, jobs, like a Christmas mm-hmm. tree gives me an ornament every time. But so I was thinking about, we picked rosemary tea, even though we don't have it. Have you ever tried rosemary mm-hmm. tea? Either have I. <laughs> but we picked that that would be a good tea when you were like maybe journaling or making yep. your vision board too, um, because it says that it promotes increases circulation and brain activity which i feel like you need for that (laughs) um yes you should probably be in a good state i know but i just have struggled with like i think i've invested in myself but i don't know if i know Mm -hmm. what i'm investing towards sometimes because Mm -hmm. i think i like all these things which then i'm like i'm an idea generator and so Mm -hmm. how do i get that job 
which I don't think is a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, unless I, someone's gonna pay me a shit ton of money to do that, because <laughs> I mean, I think for if you if you're scattered and you have like mm-hmm. twenty different things, I think you should bunch them into categories or oh, into yeah. clouds. Mm-hmm. This is this cloud. This is this one. This one. Okay. So maybe there's three different clouds now, and then you compartmentalize that. How can I fill this cloud and this cloud and this one and still be filling my needs? Or maybe one of the clouds yeah, goes away true. instead of because it's easy to be like I have all these ideas and throw your hands up in the air and I don't know what to do right sounds like an excuse right Mm -hmm. so be proactive about it and figure out what is my best avenue now that doesn't mean that you're not gonna fail and that doesn't mean that it's going to be a success like it that's part of the unknown and it's Mm -hmm. also getting comfortable with being in the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. right yeah like it's okay And so then that, again, it's scary, it's unknown, it's uncomfortable, um, but then again, it's yours, right? And I don't know if there's anything better than that feeling. I don't know. If I fail, I want to fail because I tried and it was my idea. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And if I want to succeed, I want to succeed and know that I did it all by, not all by myself, but I did it. You know, like it was initiated by you and followed through by you. And and again, nobody can take it away from me. Yeah. Right. So like I always knew I wanted my own practice. Mm -hmm. And is it coming into fruition? Yes. And I have to tell you, it feels good. I'm not anywhere near where I want to be. I haven't have it all figured out. But like it feels good. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how else I can explain that. And that is just through being passionate about what I'm doing. And that is truth. (laughs) <laughs> that is the truth right there. So if you want to invest in yourself, I would honestly sit down, look yourself in the mirror. I know. What was this? Did this start? Oh, I know that you've talked about many things like that have led up to this. But what mm-hmm. is that mirror thing? Um, So Louise Hayes mirror work. Do you think that that helped you? Oh. Like in this process? <laughs> I think that that was an emotional train wreck. Okay. Of, <laughs> um, it made me, from a clinical perspective, look at myself like if I categorized it more from that emotional or psychological perspective, sure. I really like Louise Hay and all of her work, so you have to like it. Um, but yeah, I've had clients use the book and really like it too. I mean, it, it it sounds really easy. But does it help you like dissect yourself in order to understand how to invest in yourself more? Um, or it's, do you think any work that somebody's doing to better themselves is I think, process? well, I'm probably biased. I would say any work. And the yeah. clinical side of me is like anybody who's working on their psychological or emotional needs or personal needs are going to benefit from that. But yes, yeah. the mirror work, I think it's called Mirror Mirror. I don't and know. She just fucking <laughs> called me every day about it. No, I'm just kidding. But. And I mean, it was it was tough, but it was worth it. As far as emotional growth, I would say absolutely. Yeah. Um, it can People can benefit from that. But I also think it's important for people to figure out what works for them so like i know i work best when i can research things when i can read things Mm -hmm. when i feel inspired and when i look at other people i'm like wow they're successful how did they do it right because that's how i know i learn best so maybe somebody else doesn't learn that way so they have to figure out maybe they learn better like i love listening to motivational speeches right i love listening to that in the morning or i'm listening to music so know that about yourself but you have to take the time to get to know yourself in order to figure it out. Yep. So th- those are the steps. Like, it's so easy for us to come on here and be like, one, do this, two, do this, three, do this. But that's what works for me. But that does not mean that it's going to work yeah. for you. Because have you put in the time to look at yourself and figure out what do you need? Yeah. And 
I don't know. I don't think we really have like a, a system in place, which I don't even know if you need a system. I think you just need some open-mindedness, but like that allow people to do that from a young age on. Like, I think it's something that literally fucking has to happen in your <laughs> mid-20s. Like, and we just have accepted it. Mm -hmm. Like, but why can't we start it sooner? And of course, there are going to be a percentage of people that do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, those people have stories. Those people are writing books at 23, right? Right. So. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it, too, is who we surround ourselves with and yeah. our environment. Mm -hmm. And are we around people that are inspiring, right? Yeah. They say you are, like, the top five people that you hang out with. So look at the people Ooh, that you hang yeah. out with. Mm -hmm. Are those people inspiring you to do what you want to do? Shit, you guys better start getting rid of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, because some of you probably are. Surrounded by quality as people. I mean, and if they're not, right, are you not being quality as well? Like, yeah, it's not just don't forget your top five is someone else's, too. <laughs> exactly. Um, and are you, and I think as we get older, as at least, uh, it, Again, like we were saying before, we start to value our time more and what we're doing because we're trying to invest in something, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to have an outcome, whereas maybe in our 20s, it was a little bit more fun and yeah, a little bit more free true. spirit. But yeah, so are we surrounding ourselves with like-minded people or not? Is yeah. It's one way, I guess, you could start looking at that. Do I know what my core values are? Do I see myself in a different role how mm -hmm. do i get there and am i it, a lot of it's accountability too, yeah yes which is very hard to do it is hard to look yourself in the face and be like am i being accountable yeah right or am i making excuses am i living in a fear-based mentality and do i have these symptoms and yes. stuff because i'm in this state i mean that's a lot of work <laughs> yes i know and so then that's when like people think that like only people who need therapists are blah 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 when that's mm -hmm. not the truth no. like you need them. <laughs> you need them for a lot of things other yeah. than, like, crisis and distress. Yeah. Well, it, what was really cute is I have a patient, and she said she explained it to her daughter. Because uh, her daughter's like, oh, where are you going? And she's like, oh, God, how do I explain this? And she's like, I'm going to a doctor for my brain. And I was like, that is so good. Like, yeah. seriously, um, if we treated mental health the way we treat physical health, we would mm -hmm. all be healthier individuals, right? Yes. Instead of waiting until a crisis or something bad happens and then seeing a therapist and then being like, oh my God, I never knew this stuff existed, right? If, if it didn't have such a stigma associated with it, we'd be we'd be at the brain doctor more. Yeah, right? <laughs> I love that, yeah, seriously. That is pretty good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, we would all be healthier people if yes. we were investing in ourselves. And, and part of seeing a therapist is investing in your psychological and your emotional needs, which is part of that self-care. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that my thought on, like, investing in myself wasn't probably what it is now today. Right. And, and again, I, it's not being afraid of that. Yeah. Remember, almost everything we do is fluid. Instead yeah. of being having this black and white thinking, it has to be this way or that way, right? You're a vet or you're not a vet. Yeah. Well, that's not freaking true, right? Yes. Like, if that's your path. I save the bunnies and the birds. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But. Uh, in, a, in a jacket that you're wearing that yes. sounds like that on it, right? <laughs> but again, it's having that rewiring of our brain and being like, okay, this is a fluid topic. I think your passion is fluid. I think what we want to invest in is fluid and it is going to change over time but you have to be good with that mm -hmm. and most people want black or white yes. this way or that way right because yeah. that is quote unquote i'm doing air quotes easier but we don't get what we want out of that which thus then leads to unhappiness yep 
Yeah. Correct. So like, it's really kind of rewiring that. Like, I can't tell you how many times people are like, well, I just want to be happy. Okay, but what does that mean? And what does that look like for you individually? Yeah. Yeah. And part of that not only rewiring is maybe people haven't been asked that question before. For sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty powerful stuff. But again, I would say the best investment that you can make is in yourself and figuring out what you need. And am I living? You can start to ask yourself, am I living in a fear-based mentality? Am I making excuses, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or am I comfortable? And again, either way, own whatever it is, right? Do you. But the reality is, is if you want to make changes, how can you go about that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. I think that brings us to the end of episode six. All right. And our tea, mine's pretty empty. Is yours? Just a little. I've been savoring it. Um, But yeah, we would love to hear um, how you guys have invested in yourself. Mm -hmm. Email us. Let us know what's going on. um, Or if there's other topics that you would like us to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Bye. Thanks for joining. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and hope that you learned a few things. The importance of mental health issues continues to grow and we hope we shed some light on topics that are important to you while also fucking some shit up. <laughs> All right, let us know what topics you would want to learn more about and email us at teatimepsycho at gmail.com. Again, that's teatimepsycho at gmail.com. Thank, Thank you. you.